Hello and welcome to another episode of the Unraveling Technology podcast. My name's Joe Tonks and I'm joined as ever by David Johnson. Hello. And our special guest today, Louise Essam. Great to be here, thank you. Glad to have you. Thank you for, for coming to join us today. How's your week been? Uh, it's been it's been an unusual one. I've been out of the office a lot and that's kind of messed with my... I kind of don't know what day of the week it is anymore. That combined with all the sort of the Christmas decorations up and the Christmas music on in the office, it's just, it's very confusing about whether I'm supposed to be doing work or relaxing. But there's no mistake about what time of the year it is, though. Yes, pretty pretty sure on that one. (laughs) I've just had three days off, so this is essentially my Monday right now. So, hey, Louise, how's your week going? It's been a good week. I think Christmas is really helping to, uh, you know, the... The end of the year is in sight, and mm-hmm. there'll be a few days off. You so, uh, started your Christmas shopping? I've almost finished. I'm doing quite well, yeah. Check you out. Have you got your secret Santa yet? I, I ordered it the other day. I'm very Did excited you? about it, actually. Oh. I'm having to... I'm, I like to talk. You'll find out. And uh, I'm having to really hold myself in with not telling people what I've bought, because then it wouldn't be a secret. Oh, man. Usually about uh, a year down the line, the office secret Santa... But by the time next year's secret Santa's rolled around, everyone knows... Well, this year's Secret Santa, who will have been whose and stuff like that. So, yeah, look forward to that. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So today we're going to be talking, coincidentally, about Christmas shopping in the age of Amazon. So the year is 2000. I'll set the scene for here. The year is 2015. Everyone's ordering their presents online now. It's very digital age. I just wanted to talk about in which ways Christmas shopping has really changed due to the internet over the past few years. I don't know about you guys, but I've got an Amazon's Prime subscription. I'm doing everything that way. So first thing, actually, just to kick off with it is just because I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to get this out of the way. Can we talk about Black Friday for a second? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I know this is probably more of a Thanksgiving thing than a Christmas thing. But I just thought it was interesting in terms of when you're trying to contrast, compare and contrast retail with online, I think Black Friday is a great case study. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it really wasn't a thing a couple of years ago over here in the UK. No. It's been a, been a thing in America for a very long time. And then suddenly in the last couple of years, it seems to have grabbed hold of the UK. Yeah, I think last year was when I became aware of it in the UK. I'd come across it in the states and then last year it suddenly was here and i thought what's going on we don't even have thanksgiving yeah it's coming anyway, <laughs> next year we'll have thanksgiving and but anyway back to christmas <laughs> yeah i didn't actually buy anything in the black friday sales but i do love black friday mostly because as david knows i love watching the videos the day after of all the people you know just the herds of people going into stores and fighting over discount TVs and things like that. Yes, uh, carnage. Did Very you, thankful that we don't work retail. I know. To think there was a time when I kind of, that, that was the gold standard for me. It's like, oh, retail job would be really good. You know, if I could like work in game or something like that. Think of the discounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My sister worked at like Fat Face, I think, clothing place. Mm-hmm. And she got like, know something like 60 percent discounts or something like that which is pretty good do you know where (laughs) the do you know where the name black friday comes from i want to say so but i'll let you tell it so just kind of two ideas i think 
floating around. One is that it was it's the point at which retailers start making a profit in the year when they shift from the red into the black. But apparently that's not actually the real reason. It's come it comes from the Philadelphia traffic police. Oh really? And they've but fair enough. I, I thought it was the whole red into the black thing. So I was, I was looking this up last night, and apparently, yeah, the Philadelphia Traffic Police described or routinely described the day after Thanksgiving as Black Friday because of just the huge numbers of foot traffic and cars. And basically, all of the police had to report in. Nobody was allowed to be off. And yeah, just the people that are everywhere on that day. So yeah, apparently it's it's to do with that. It's not to do with the uh, moving from the red into the black. All oh, right. Okay. I could see that. I mean, they do it more. I would imagine if it was something that could get you from the red into the black, companies would do it more frequently. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then, how do you make a profit? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, comparing the retail side of things to the internet side of things, the internet tends to have. It's more like it's not like a Black Friday. It'll be a Black Weekend, or some of them even carry through. To the next week and Cyber you can get Monday. things yeah, Cyber, Cyber Monday, Monday. yeah <laughs> exactly and um, that's probably more out than Black Friday here yeah but you can get things in sort of small quantities and you've got to get in there and get them before mm. before it's gone yeah flash sales flash sales yeah. I really don't like flash sales <laughs> <laughs> no me neither it just made me very anxious yeah I just I just don't bother looking because I don't like impulse buying at the best of times but when there's there's a limited time and a limited quantity, then but you've got to keep coming back and checking because something else might come up that's better. Mm. Yeah, you've got to do your research first, haven't you? And know that that's what, you know if this item comes on sale, then I will get it at a good price. But I yeah, think but then you have to wait. Unless you could have it now, <laughs> right now, or the day after if you've got Amazon Prime. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. This, this year was interesting. So me and my sister both asked for tech gifts for Christmas and uh, my mum took advantage of Black Friday sales. I thought it was very savvy of her to actually be aware that that was going to be a good time to buy technology. So oh. my sister got an amazing camera, a really, like, kind of 50% off or more, probably 75% off for the whole kit. Um, and then I was kind of inspired to ask for something more uh, kind of high cost than I normally would because I knew it would be discounted. So what did you exciting. ask for? Well, um, knowing that... I think you might have told me this. Here in the office, we're kind of making fun videos and stuff a bit more. So oh, yeah. um, I asked for a Roadlink microphone kit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've That pole that I use, that boom pole, is a road pole. Mm-hmm. But I haven't got the adapter for the end of it. So if we want to put a microphone on the end, we have to gaffer tape it <laughs> Real guerrilla filmmaking. Oh, that would be good for you then. Yeah. Yeah, so digital markets, flash sales, things like that. Um, So instead of the retail storefront, you've got things like Steam or iTunes, where it's basically just digital product, isn't it? So you can buy material things, like things that Amazon will deliver to your door, or it seems like more and more, I, and especially, you know, me and David, we're always buying, say, a video game off Steam. So not even a physical product. And those come through in sort of flash sales, the same. And one of the things that always got me about that was, like, a lot of games you can have limited editions of these Hmm. days, video games. But with it being a digital entity, surely there's not limited stock 
And yet you'll often find that, you know, they'll sell up to a point and then go, no, we sold out. We can't sell any more of those. Mm. Yeah. Is that just an exclusivity thing, do you think? Yeah, I think this ties into the impulse buying and stuff. It's to it's to trick people into acting before they've really thought stuff through. Mm. I was thinking, I can't remember what I was listening to or watching, but someone was talking about exclusive things and the nature of the word exclusive. Mm. And it's kind of interesting if you think about it, because it basically means to, you know, block everyone else out. It's just something that you're a part of. Which is like an interesting and kind of negative way to look at things. Uh, this is an exclusive item. If you have this, other people won't. And that's the drawing point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've particularly, particularly thought about it like that. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah. Well, it's... I think it's been it's been a selling technique for a very long time, hasn't it, really? You know, you, yeah, you, has, can, yeah. you can have... And I think particularly in, in the age of mass-produced items... You know, the opportunity to get hold of something that is unique. You know, when everyone had tailored clothes, everyone's clothing was unique. But now it's, how can I stand out from the crowd and express myself? I suppose that's why things like vintage (laughs) markets and stuff like that come more to the fore, isn't it? Because like you can go and you can get something that you maybe wouldn't be able to find in Primark. Mm. Cheap as Primark is. Yeah. I love Primark. (laughs) Fair enough. Are there any disadvantages you can think of to online shopping? I'm quite old school and I like... I mean, I do online shopping, but um, I kind of like that whole like, go and browse and kind of get a sense of what the product is. Can I hold it? Can I sense the quality? Mm. Um, and I think with things like music and DVDs, um, I like to have a hard copy of it. Just that oh, sense okay. of then yeah. I know that it's there. It might get damaged physically, but at least I know where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if my iTunes library gets wiped out, if I've not backed it up properly or, you know, anything like that, or the terms and conditions I didn't read, I know that I'm covered. I've got a hard copy of a CD somewhere that I can go back to. You can fall back on, even if it is broken. Yeah. You can look at it long enough, <laughs> read the little booklet that comes in the front of it. Sellotape works wonders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, David? Are you? Yeah, I mean, I laziness usually wins over for me. So the convenience of mm-hmm. online shopping usually means that I will go buy stuff online uh, and then just wait for it to get shipped instead of actually getting up and going out of the house. Um, yeah, the, it's it's sometimes it's hard to get a sense of what a product actually is and what it looks like and whether it's going to work for you without actually being able to see it. Um, there's a lot of... I, I bought a TV recently and... Um, I didn't end up doing this, but the retailer I got it from will offer you like in-store or in-house demos and things. Um, so the, right. Whereas if I was, say, going to go to Amazon, it's just kind of like you've got to read some reviews and, you know, some random guy on the internet thinks the picture's okay. So the picture might be okay, but <laughs> I don't know. I've not seen it. Um, do you put much credence in star ratings then? Because I'll be honest, that is kind of how I operate with a lot of these things. Like, this, this TV's got a lot of stars. This is the other thing with online shopping, is you have all of the distraction of people's reviews. Mm. And I find, I think what ends up happening is, for a while, I will read through, if I'm looking for something like, say, a TV, um, I will read through all the reviews for a while, 
and I'll kind of try and get a sense of oh, what the advantages of this TV and what the advantages of that TV. Then at a certain point, I will kind of already have made up my mind, at which point I start reading the reviews from that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll go into the positive reviews and think, yeah, those are good points. These are good features. These are things that I want. And I'll read the negative reviews and think, yeah, but that's, I mean, they probably don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, if any product you look up online that's got reviews, you're going to find people who love it and people who hate it. And it's very hard to figure out just kind of, yeah, just looking at the aggregate stuff of generally lots of people like this. Uh, yeah, you if you look into detail and things, then there's always going to be problems or some guy got one that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I often feel that people are more willing to be vocal when they don't like something than when they do. You know, it's much mm. easier to complain than it is to give a compliment. Uh, or if someone's happy with a product, they just don't feel the need to say anything. So I think it does kind of slant reviews and ratings. Yeah, which I do often think like, wow, there's a lot of positive reviews here. And like, a five-star review just says, this is good. Or a one-star review saying, this is awful. Mm. Am I right in thinking there's some sort of incentive on Amazon to leave reviews? Like, if you leave enough reviews, do you get a discount or some sort of preferred buyer status or something like that? There's a thing called, is it like Top 100 Reviewer? I think. Could be. Something like that. I, I'll i be honest, I didn't look at it. Um, I don't actually know what it is, but I was definitely seeing that stamped against certain reviews when I was looking for Christmas stuff okay. this year. So, uh, And you also get... I mean, I guess the other downside and dark part of all of this is people who are paid to review things mm, yeah. and people who, if they're not paid to review stuff necessarily, maybe get the product for free mm. and then probably have a bit of an incentive to give it a positive spin in their review so that they get more products for free. Mm. Yeah, and I think that leaks over into things like... Uh... YouTube, so you get a lot of big YouTube celebrities who yeah. apparently do a lot of advertising. I think there is an official hashtag, like you have to put hashtag ad or something if you do, if you are advertising a product in your video, although I'm not sure how many people do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I've come across like there is an official way to do it on Twitter. I think if you are, if you have been given this, if you've been paid to talk about something, then you, there is supposedly some hashtag you're supposed to use. Yeah. Um, Adam, our producer, says it's hashtag S-P-O-N. Spawn? Sponsored. Sponsored. Oh, okay, uh, right, yeah. yeah. Spawn, that sponsored. makes sense. Fair enough. That's good. I've never come across that, but I'm not big on Twitter yet, so... No, me neither. I don't know a lot of what <laughs> Twitter means, really. I probably should know, what with it being a technology podcast, but hey. Um, yeah, my wife yesterday was buying a 24-pack of Crayola crayons or something like that. Over a thousand <laughs> reviews. Running the entire wow. gamut. <laughs> you won't believe it. The amount of people, you know, some people really like it. Some people concerned that, you know, the colours don't show up very well. One person had gone through and listed all 24 colours. <laughs> just for your convenience. It's mad. That's a lot of feeling about Crayola crayons. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been, there's sort of a subculture, isn't there, of uh, people who write hilarious mm. Amazon reviews. So there's the, the example that me and David quite like is someone put up a review for some milk, some yeah. Tuscan milk. <laughs> Tuscan milk. I mean, I I wonder about the people who are buying milk through Amazon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It'd have to be long life milk, some UHT, and I'm not sure if Tuscan milk is that. But yeah, people have written lengthy prose or poems about this milk. All of it hilarious. It's all brilliant. I don't know if anyone's actually bought the milk. I imagine it must have done well for sales. Mm. Yeah. Bumped it right to the top of the Amazon milk department. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so just looking at other disadvantages to online shopping. Mine is, just echoing what you said, Louise, some things you want to just try in a shop, so clothes shopping. Mm. I wouldn't do that online. I was very brave once and I bought a pair of shoes online. Luckily, it paid off. Good. I thought you were going to say biggest mistake ever, but that's good. I'm glad it was. No, no, it was was fine. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm not weirdly proportioned, but I have to find very particular clothes that fit me, so... I don't think I'd go and buy clothes online unless they were very cheap. I've I've um, ordered clothes recently. I'm really reluctant to order clothes online, but I like it where you can pick it up in the store and return it to store for free because then you can take it home, try it on, mm. and you've not lost anything that way. Yeah, it's just the hassle of it, mm. especially if you were to order off, say, eBay, and then you have to send it back to them and things yeah. like that. It's the same way that when I do my... And I'm going to mention Asda again here. I always mention Asda. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm not being paid by Asda to promote Asda. Um, yeah, I, I order online, uh, which is great as far as if you want to keep track of your uh, of your bill and see, you know, the amount of um, the amount you've spent because you, I usually want to keep it under a certain price, mm-hmm. which is easy thanks to Asda's rock bottom prices. <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. Yes, yes, there are other options. Um, but but at the same time, means you get stuck in a bit of a rut. So if I want to, just to tie this back into Christmas, if I wanted to buy, you know, a, a Christmas turkey, I mm-hmm. might go for the one that's got most user reviews or something. <laughs> Whereas when you go out to the shop and you're actually walking down the aisles, mm. you get a bit more inspiration. You've got more selection there. Yeah. Whereas usually our weekly shop goes like pasta bake Monday, pizza Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. um, don't tend to deviate from them just because I can't really think of anything else to buy. Yeah, with food stuff, I'm terrible. I'm the person that walked into the shop going, I need milk. And then I get browsing and I come out with everything from the discount section and then a cake as well. Because it's there and it's in front of me and suddenly I want it. And well, But works, there's also inspiration. Yeah. You think, oh, they've got like salmon on sale, so I will also get some pasta. And suddenly there's a different meal sorted out. Yeah. I mean, there's some things I'm just constantly running out of midweek, mm-hmm. like ham sandwiches. <laughs> In fact, I should probably put a note in here so that if I am listening back to this podcast on my way home from work, Joe, stop and buy some ham because you probably haven't got any. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the other thing is things getting lost in the post as well. Mm. The Royal Mail, they try. Bless them. But when I ordered my PlayStation 4 and then it didn't turn up on the day... And it, you know, the little tracking bar, mm-hmm. the Amazon tracking bar. This like you can follow it up to a point. Like it's at this station, it's yeah. at this one. It's out for delivery. In the van. There's like from the out from delivery to it has been delivered. There's an arbitrary sort of progress bar, and I mm. think the further through the day it gets, it inches further along because they're expecting it to turn up at some <laughs> point. My but yeah, idea. it's just. I think I can go on now, and it's still sat in limbo. <laughs> Pain for reminder. Is that Royal Mail? I don't think it was Royal Mail. No, I think you're right. I think you Yodel. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. A delivery company. Definitely not uh, sponsoring Yodel on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's Yodel either. But anyway, <laughs> point, anyway, point being, stuff does get lost. Yeah. 
time to time. Not very often, but I was speaking to someone recently who ordered something for Christmas and it they lost it. And they actually, Amazon admitted to losing it. They said, look, we've lost your package. Sorry. We'll send out a new one. Hmm. And he said, you know, well, that's, that's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll keep coming back because that's really what you want. It's communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're sat there watching the tracking number thinking, oh, where is it? Where is it? It's nice to have that communication because usually all you've got is the email, the dispatch email. And, and they're getting very good at that. Yeah. Especially with like Prime, you usually get a text as well mm-hmm. saying, you know, oh, it's out now. It'll be with you by whenever. I haven't gone in for Prime yet. Mm. They keep they keep telling me to get my thirty day trial and and whatever, and I keep putting it off, <laughs> saving it saving it for a rainy weekend. So the problem I've been having is the uh, playing the shipping game mm-hmm. of trying to buy the right things in the right quantities so that I'm not paying the uh, the shipping charge that I get stuff for free, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a tricky and slippery slope. <laughs> It is. You'll put a few things in the basket and think, yeah, that's quite quite a good haul. And then you go to the checkout and add 15 quid on for packaging. And yeah, yeah. But, but if you add another, you know, £10 worth of items, then... It's all free. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think they put it up, I, I don't know if it's recently, but it's now something like £25 you have to buy of regular stuff mm-hmm. if you want. If you want free shipping. I think it was 20 when I was on the other day, but I don't know if that's like a Christmas special or something. Mm. Mm. The trick is books. Books, you only need £10 off. So oh, if, right. you, if you find £10 worth of books, then uh, you can get the rest of your non-book items that ship for free. Brilliant. Oh, that's good. Is that an encouragement to read? Keep to reading, read, people. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon promoting a literate UK. All books. But then also get access to all of their online streaming video, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you can start paying monthly now as well i don't know if it locks mm. you into a yearly agreement but you don't have to pay all of it up front you can yeah no it's month by month because i just i made the mistake of cancelling mine right before christmas so now i'm doing all of my online christmas shopping and having to check out my shipping costs and everything but yeah well, you can cancel we've got it a ray in the office and he just piggybacks on mine i got an email <laughs> on my day off saying joe can i use your amazon prime and then he gave me £78 worth of stuff to buy. <laughs> yeah, there were a large number of boxes turning up there. And yeah. this whole week, with just the amount of stuff that's turning up at the office. Poor guys, must be working overtime. We had something delivered to the office about 8pm last week for me. Wow. Yeah, I think they really do ramp up around the Christmas season. I guess they have to. Yeah, respect respect for people who work in delivery and respect for people who work in retail. Mm. Yeah, yeah, especially around this time. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on then. So the next thing I'd like to look at is some good techy Christmas ideas. We are the people in the know. <laughs> are <So> we? <laughs> <laughs> after my frantic 15 minutes of Googling prior to coming on this podcast, yes, I'm very much in the know. Let's see if we've all got the same things written down. So let's... let's <laughs> Let's start small. So if you were to get stocking fillers, what have you got? Uh, so let's see, cheap things on, on this list that I Googled 10 minutes before the podcast. Um, so I came up with a couple of things like um, lots of people, not me personally, but lots of people are into selfie sticks. They are. Yeah. Get some. Get some... Quite a range of selfie sticks, actually, from uh, from very simple sort of 
basically just a stick and it presses the button for you to like Bluetooth one to get selfie stick remotes now. So you can actually go set your, your phone up somewhere and then wander off and pose and press the shutter from 10 meters away or something over Bluetooth. Wow. Um, that's great you have to watch out because you have there's, there's a lot that have a button like a shutter you know take the picture button on it and it plugs into your headphone port on your on your phone I mm-hmm. think mm. but the older ones didn't do that you had to get an app and set a timer and then hold it out and wait mm. so don't be burned make sure you get the one <laughs> button Adam probably knows all about it it's my am I am yeah, I on, yeah. on point here I've got yeah yeah we've got one we've got at cool, sure. Social is Old school, really old school. There's no no buttons, no wires. It's just a rod. You have to set the time on your phone. Just, just a fishing rod, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Brilliant. Louise, what have you got? Um, I, I've done a lot of techie stocking filler looking at recently because of Secret Center in the office. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you always know about someone in our office is that they'll like gadgets. Um, so I didn't go for this for my Secret Center, I'm sorry. But my favorite thing I came across was um, an iPhone projector and speaker set. You can get them separately for about £16 or £35 together. And uh, I thought, for, I nearly got one for myself. I live in a little flat. There's not much room for a TV, but I love watching movies with people. And I've got some big white walls, so I thought it could be a really good way of sharing movies with people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like a little... It's like bath. a cardboard self-assembly. Thing. So the, the projector oh, right, is... Okay. Um, it's kind of just lenses and mirrors. But the speaker set requires like AA batteries or something like that. Oh, so it comes with speakers? So you can, can like buy, yeah. I think they call them surround sound speakers. I don't think they're going to be surround sound. But <laughs> yeah. little cardboard self-assembly speakers and a little projector kit I thought was pretty fun. That's not bad. Yeah. It's like Google Cardboard a bit, isn't it? The, the VR goggles mm-hmm. thing. It's amazing what you can do with cardboard these days. Yep. In fact, I'll jump in and just because I've got something. Um, <laughs> re- records. Have you heard of records? Nope. No. I found this. Um, it's basically, it's a Christmas card. Uh, it costs five pounds, but you can fold it. So when you get the card, you say, "Oh, hello, Merry Christmas," whatever, and then you can assemble it with a few folds into a very um, primitive record player, and it, okay. com- and it comes with a seven-inch vinyl record, which you can then put on it. It's not uh, electric or mechanical. You have to physically turn. You have to turn That's the record so to get it to play. But one of the yeah, one of the uh, flaps of of cardboard, you know, acts as the needle. And it forms a, a small hole that amplifies sound. And it's really, really That's a great idea. Wow. So what's on the record? Is it something you record before you send it? I don't know if you can personalise it. Uh, I imagine that would probably push it up from a fiver. <laughs> the pre-recorded ones they have, you can get them for birthdays. They do have them for Christmas, but they are sold out. <laughs> At this point, I don't know if they'll get some more in soon. But I thought that was quite good. Where did mm. you see them? Uh, just online. Cool. Yeah, it's my frantic Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's records.co.uk. Great. So, have a look at that. <laughs> also not sponsoring my podcast. <laughs> no, no spawn. We'll just spawn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, no phone. I can't remember where I saw this one. But basically the website is um, thenofone.com. No spawn, <laughs> and it's. Uh, I think it's it's more it's a gimmick, and it's uh, it's not an expensive gimmick. It's like a fiver or something. It's a phone shaped piece of plastic. 
it's just a piece of plastic and it advertises itself as the no phone if you go on the website it's it's done up like uh, you know a, a high-end phone or apple websites and it's got this picture of this plastic brick and it's got little you know it's annotated it's like no camera, no buttons, <laughs> no phone, no electricity. <laughs> if you scroll down, it's got a side-by-side -side comparison of a phone and the no phone. It's like, phone, camera? Yes. No phone? No. It's <laughs> through all of these things. It's just basically a chunk of plastic. Wow. And they do a selfie edition, which is where instead of just a plastic screen, they've got a, like a little <laughs> mirror, mirror tinfoil mirror thing on it. Uh, so, yeah, if you had someone who can never get away from their phone, that would be a good gag gift. Like a nicotine patch for phone users. Yeah. <laughs> Wean yourself off your exactly. technology. And it works with the selfie sticks as well. <laughs> so, there you go. Adam could use it with his. <laughs> no electronics yeah, required, yeah. no buttons. <laughs> it reminds me, I saw this thing in a shop one time, yeah. and it was like uh, the gift for the person that has everything, and it was just nothing. It was like, <laughs> you know, like the little cardboard things that hang on the hooks that hold like action figures or whatever mm -hmm. but it was like that but there was just nothing in the plastic it was just <laughs> and it was like £3.50 <laughs> I was at the guy selling it, it <laughs> I remember seeing on eBay a while back, someone was selling a hole and they had a piece of cardboard with a hole cut out in the middle. It says, for sale, hole, cardboard not included. <laughs> That's quite good. There's the story about someone selling an air guitar, wasn't there? Oh, really? Oh, you joke. Um, th that was something I saw on my internet travels. It was... Um, <laughs> an air guitar I don't think it's out yet uh, but you know how you can get those uh, sort of air drum sets where you have the sticks and you just simulate mm. drumming and it makes drumming noises it was the equivalent with an air guitar I'm not sure how it works mm. I have no more details on order it. it and we'll find out yeah I suppose that's the thing with a lot of these things is you don't quite get an idea of what it is yeah, until it arrives <laughs> it's like those sneaky things they always try to sell you you, you know you find them on stands in somewhere like B&Q or in the souvenir shop of a zoo. And it's always got a little TV accompanying it yeah. that shows you what it is. Mm -hmm. So like, here's a little snaky creature that goes all over your hands or here's a UFO that hovers and it doesn't. There's always a, a little bit of string somewhere, a little bit of see-through thread. Doesn't quite show up on the little TV stand. <laughs> no, on the, the bad resolution got... of the TV stand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, another low-end gift, another stocking filler. David? I, I came across um, quite a few kind of variances on connectors. So the one I pulled out here was something called the connector pen, which is it's a ballpoint pen. It's also got one of those rubberized tips for using as a stylus for your smartphone. Uh, and if you unscrew it and break it out, it's got a USB adapter and then a USB mini and then the USB mini can also adapt into an iPhone, uh, was it something pin connector? Uh, the lightning connector. Yeah, right? is it lightning connector, the new one? I'm an Android user, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it's basically a pen you can carry around and then gives you a very small way of connecting your phone up to your laptop to transfer stuff or to charge it, which I thought was pretty cool instead of having to carry a cable and a, and a plug around with you everywhere mm. yeah that's the sort of thing i'm always looking for as well mm -hmm. there's things to connect my, my phone with just mm. to check does it actually work as a pen yeah it's got a ballpoint <laughs> pen <in> okay <laughs> i've seen i think i've seen one of those where it's also a uh, 
I saw one the other day where you've got the pen, it's one of the click pens, and when you click it to retract the pen, mm-hmm. then what you're left with is the little rubber nib yeah. that you could use with a stylus oh, or something clever. like that, instead of having it on the other end. Mm. The thing that makes me nervous about those is if you one day forget or you oh, click yeah. it the wrong way, <laughs> and then you start stabbing at your screen with a ballpoint pen. Yeah, yeah it's all right. It's Gorilla or Sapphire Glass. It's all fine, David. Don't <laughs> worry about it. What else have you got for us, Louise? Um, mine was, was kind of low-tech, but tech-related. Um, I saw um, luxury cable tidies uh, on oh. notonthehighstreet.com. That's where I've, I'm, you know, trying to get something slightly individual, but I've not mm-hmm. actually left the house to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting stocking filler type thing. Jason had loved that. You could get them personalised, <laughs> you know, put your initials on them. Yeah. Oh. There's some nice cable tidies. Yeah, like leather or something. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Jason really would love that. He loves cable tidies. Uh, is he your secret Santa? Don't tell me. But that would be a great <laughs> gift if he is. I, I only felt able to share it because I didn't buy it for my secret Santa, but it did come close. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm. I've got a Makey Makey, which is, uh, I think... I da- love that. Yeah, David might have shown me the video of it. We'll have to, we'll have to at the end of this podcast, get a list of all these links just below <laughs> the podcast feed or, or something. The Makey Makey Adam's is... rolling his eyes because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's him that's going to have to do that. This is the last podcast of the year, Adam. You're going to we'll work for you. it. <laughs> It's, uh, it's basically like a little uh, chipboard with various inputs. So it looks like a controller, and it plugs into a computer via USB. And it's if you think of the old Nintendo controllers, so you've got a direction pad, you know, up, down, right, left, and then you've got an A and a B button. And you can hook them up using crocodile clips to anything that transfers any amount of current, even just the smallest amount, and you can turn that into... Uh, and it, you know, an interface, something you can use. So the example they have on their website is you can hook this little controller up to a bunch of bananas <laughs> and have it so you can play the xylophone by tapping the bananas. <laughs> so you you ground yourself to this little uh, this little chip, and then you hook up all of your your inputs and, and off you go. It's really easy to use. There's there's examples of people hooking it up to each stair on their staircase. <laughs> so as they run upstairs, a piano goes do 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 do. Or someone who made a dance machine out of they <laughs> just, it buckets of water. Buckets of water, yeah. Which uh, you know carry electricity, so you can you can plug it into each of those and play a dance mat game in buckets of water. I feel terrible because Becky got me one of these. And I've not really used it because a part of me thinks I can't think of anything that would be nearly as good as what they use it for on the website. <laughs> I'll have to do some brainstorming. If, if anyone's got any ideas of what Joe should do with his makey-makey... Well, do <laughs> Email them in. Yeah, send them in. Yeah. They've got another one on the website, which is a cat. So they put a piece of tin foil under the cat. So when the cat sits on the tin foil and starts drinking milk from this bowl... Then it sets off the camera on the on a MacBook, <laughs> some sort of Mac device. So it'll take a picture of the cat. <laughs> it's really good. Okay, let's go on to more expensive stuff then. Have you got any ridiculous gadgets, David? That if I were a millionaire <laughs> or something. So something I came across was uh, a thing called Smarter Coffee. Which have you come across the eye kettle? No. Yeah, yeah. My wife's mum has one of those. My mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting used to using all these terms. I haven't been married very long. My mother-in-law have one of those. Uh, yeah, so the idea is you come home and 
it'll use geofencing to boil the kettle sort of as you're pulling into the drive kind of thing yeah so you can do you can use your smartphone to set off things you can you can text the kettle from bed or something like that to make it boil before you get up um yeah so this is kind of like a the next version of that kind of idea so it's a full-on coffee maker load it with coffee beans and water and then you can uh, apparently you can make it brew a single cup of coffee or anywhere up to a full like decanter of 12 so yeah okay. it's it's home automation and yeah you can um you can set these kind of things up with stuff like i'm pulling into the house or i'm, I'm almost at home so let's let's set the coffee off or it's six thirty in the morning, and I'm and I'm getting up. So start brewing the coffee. <laughs> Can you have a conversation with it? Can I say, hey, coffee, how coffee maker, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm I'll be home in beans. ten minutes. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got enough coffee aficionados in the office that that would definitely go to use. Do you know how much that is? Uh, so the price I found for that was one hundred and eighty-ish. Okay. Well, that's not so bad. Start a petition now for the office. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the Nespresso machine gets enough use in the office. I think I think the problem with this is that you would have to keep remembering to load it with beans mm. and uh, and water. I yeah. think we could work a system out here, you know, get someone downstairs to fill it up and then from upstairs we'll just text it so that it's brewing and then by the time you come down to pour it all out, it's just done. And then we're waiting around in the kitchen. <sighs> this is know, this right. is completely off topic. But <laughs> Wasn't the world's first webcam a webcam viewing a coffee pot in a university really? so they could tell when the coffee was boiling <laughs> and when it needed refilling? Classic university students. Yeah. No, that's a good one, though. Yeah. When they can invent a coffee machine that can clean itself and sort of refill itself as well, then get back to me. Mm. Do this in a couple of years. <laughs> Louise, um, big tech gift. So mine's not as big or expensive, I think, as the smarter coffee, but um, kind of inspired by something my brother just bought, which is a Sphero, I think it's called. And they come, it's different sizes, different prices. I think there's like at least three different ones you can get. One of them's modelled after the BB-8 droid character in the new Star Wars movie for all of you Star Wars fans out there. Um, Again, no product placement intended. (laughs) Um, It's it's basically a remote, (laughs) it's a remote control ball. I think I did we see these Sorry. gadgets. Yeah. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, so you get an app and then you Bluetooth it or something. I don't know. It, Magic. He did it. I yeah. watched. I wasn't really paying attention. My no, favourite thing about so, it. Louise, it was actually a very thin piece of <laughs> connecting your phone to the wall. <laughs> My favourite thing is that it will do the flamenco. It just it will sit there and spin. Really? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, but I think that, I think depending on what level of Sphero you get it can learn things so different different things will open up the more you use it so you know you send it with around the floor and it'll light up different colors and you can attack people with it it will jump it will do all sorts of amusing things and then the more you use it the more kind of um skills it, it is able to do so i think there's something like a ninja mode where you can okay. kind of sneak yeah. attack someone and anyway lots of amusement it reminds me of a Furby, the fact that it's slowly wearing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, scary. That sounds like a great thing to have if you had a pet. 
Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Just send it chasing around. And I think it's pretty pretty hardcore. It will drop a little way. Not off the table, I was told. Don't drop it onto hard floors. Because mm. um, I tried. At least I have good reflexes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I had um, a clock as mine. This is a, a, a clock that costs eight grand. Called, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went a bit, uh, you know, a bit higher. The actual millionaire. Here. Yeah. Um, which is called Ferolic or Ferolic. I think it's Ferolic. <laughs> it's a ferrofluid clock. And ferrofluid is kind of like a magnetic liquid kind of thing. And this is, a, this is a, a bit from their website. So essentially, if you think of kind of like a Kindle, you know, the e-ink on a Kindle, the way it throws it up on the screen using ma- magnetic and electrostatic Whatever, whatever, magic. It's like that, but they're using this ferrofluid, yeah, using these magnets. And it says on the website, because the fluid behaves in an unpredictable way, it is possible to give the bodies, perceived in the ferrolic display, a strong reference to living creatures. It is this livelihood that enables ferrolic to show a meaningful narrative, such as having the creatures play tag. So it is interesting to watch, just due to the nature of this, this magnetic fluid and how it works. It looks like, say, a bunch of jellyfish chasing each other, that kind of thing. It's really weird. <laughs> and I think in its current form, because they're still working on it, it's it only lasts for a few months before the fluid is no good and you have to buy a new one. Presumably for they'll 8, sell... <laughs> yeah, or they'll sell fluid top-up packs or something like that later on. But yeah, I thought that was a good one. Wow. If, if anybody still uses uh, clocks. No. No. We, we were watching um, Home Alone yesterday. Oh. And I never realised it before. I just don't think I paid attention, really. But the whole reason they leave Kevin alone mm. is because the alarm clock doesn't go off because mm-hmm. there's a power cut. And I remember thinking, that just won't happen in this day and age. Yeah. You know, a house would like... Yeah? You say that. <laughs> Are you going to contest my, that? I, my iPhone... The alarm did not go off the other day because I set it to update overnight. So my iPhone updated overnight, yeah. and then when it restarted, it like tries to set it, like tries to set iCloud up again and oh, stuff because yeah. I'm not set it up. No. So then it just cut my alarm off, and then I woke up at like ten. Oh, Adam! Oh, <laughs> I remember there was an update lo- not long ago that did something like that for for iPhones. So yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh right, okay. Lessons learned: don't update your iPhone overnight. Yeah. Or have a backup alarm clock. Good job that you weren't mm. seven years old and sleeping in the attic. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I think there are a lot of film devices like that that just don't play anymore, but they keep getting used because it's the only way to tell the story. It's or like to a throwback, it. isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah, a, a homage. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so off the top of your head, what was the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Tech Christmas gift. David? I think probably the my brother and I got one of these combined birthday and Christmas gifts of uh, PlayStation Two. That that pretty much made a large proportion of our childhood. (laughs) So the Royal Mail came through that time. Yeah, (laughs) I suppose back in those days you'd probably go and pick it up from Argos or something. Actually, I think. I think he got delivered and they left a note saying it'd been left with the neighbours and we specified, please leave it at number whatever. And we went round to number whatever and they didn't have it. And like, oh, well, where is it then? Uh-oh. And then apparently they left it with the neighbours on the other side, <laughs> oh, right. not the ones we'd specified. But yeah, so. Yeah, I can get on board with that. That is a great present. 
Louise? Um, a Furby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Annoyed the heck out of my family for months. Yeah. And then I switched it off because it got annoying. But yeah. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, I know. Um, I always, it was only recently I found out they don't actually learn anything. It's just the longer you have them on, the more the chips or, you know, the more personality they develop. Mm. But not naturally. It's all, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. It's all fake Furby, Furby love. Oh, they're old school there. I bet now they'd, they'd really learn. Yeah, real probably. things like the Sphero. Yeah, exactly. So they could learn some something from the Sphero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, mine have to be the Rumba. I've got one of those Rumba yeah. magnetic, you know, not magnetic. Talking about magnets too much. Robotic. <laughs> robotic hoovers that goes around your house, just bashing into walls until it cleans <laughs> the whole place. It's good. They're not as intelligent as I thought they'd be. I thought it would map out the house and work its way around, but essentially it is trial and error. <laughs> Just bangs into walls for an hour and then goes, right, it's time to go home. At which point it starts looking for an infrared signal from the base unit and it finds its way back, sits there, charges. Well, it does some of the time. Most of the time it chokes on a rug somewhere and I find it off in the, you know, the next day. <laughs> it's uh, still, it's great and we do, we do use it an awful lot and the house is so clean. Right, before we go then, um, we got an email <laughs> we did it guys we, did. <laughs> we got an email our first email right and uh, the email comes in from from mike he just had some uh, some some things to point out about uh our third episode which was the future of tv when we talked about um you know evolving technology and how people are as- accessing tv uh, David's got the email in front of him but uh, i think there's a few a few things we overlooked in terms of what's currently happening regarding 4K and where it's currently available. Yeah, do you want me to read this in full or just give his his points? His points. I think he had a, a couple of points about uh, where 4K is fully available at the moment. Yeah, so, so we made we made a comment. To be honest, it's a long time since we yeah, recorded episode I, three, so I, I don't remember exactly what we said. I can't remember either. Um, so I'm going to take him at his word that we didn't say any of this stuff yeah. or didn't cover it. So we made some reference to there not being any 4K content or not being much 4K content out there. And he points out that um, BT have been streaming live football in 4K and a bunch of Netflix, especially Netflix originals, are also available in 4K. Mm. Which I think, I mean, the people that we had in the room then, um, you, me and Jonathan... None of us really watch sports, so yeah, we totally overlooked that one. Yeah, we haven't watched sport in 4K or HD, HD or, or 720 <laughs> or anything for a while now. Adam, you should have picked up on this. Yeah, our bad. We missed, we missed sport. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Netflix, I'm aware of UHD. Uh, I didn't think that was 4K. I knew that um, Netflix were doing some fancy sort of high-def streaming that went higher than 1080. But I didn't know it was full-blown 4K TV. So that's... Uh, I suppose I've got to go and buy a 4K TV now. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. He, um, so he also mentioned the... Um, or made reference to how we were talking about we wanted a service that would kind of combine all of the different online things mm. like um, Netflix and Amazon Prime and iPlayer and all of that kind of thing and like search across it and find programs to watch regardless of the platform. Uh, and he, he rightly points out that there is um, UView, 
which I have come across before, uh, but didn't really think of. I know the name. I don't know if I just pushed it to the back of my mind because it sounds like Freeview and YouTube run together, and I thought, oh. So it's it's a service. Um, basically, it's a box you buy, and a lot of TV packages and things you can buy from people like BT or Talk Talk or people like that. My parents who are on Talk Talk have a view box. Uh, and yes, you can... You plug it into your TV, and my parents' one, they basically use it to watch iPlayer, which is kind of how I've written it off, I think, in my mind. <laughs> but yes, if you do have other other um, devices, you can other platforms, you can add those accounts in, and then, yeah, you can search across all of that content. Okay. Although not Amazon Prime. I don't think it has Amazon Prime on it, so it's not quite the be-all and end-all of things, but it no, sounds like it's pretty much there. It is good progress, though, yeah. He also he also references um, a service called SkyQ, which is, mm. I think, Sky's answer to UView. Yeah. So you did you did some reading on this. So, yeah, I had a look at, at, at this, and this is essentially going to be Sky's ultra-premium offering. It's going to be... They're going to keep all the existing services. This will be one above. So I think it's a new box and it'll come with um, a lot of, you know, 4K content and amalgamating all of these services into one place. I don't think they've put a price on it yet. I don't know when it's coming out either. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that will be coming. Um, but uh, yeah, at the time of talking about the future of TV, that wasn't, I don't think that was something they'd announced. So. But nevertheless, yeah, that's an interesting service, so we'll keep our eye on that one. Right, well, I think that's it for this week then. So I'd like to thank me, uh, David Johnson. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, Louise Essam. Thanks for having me here. Um, as ever, you can uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at, at Unraveling Technology. Follow our blog at unraveling.technology. Send us an email. Let me get this right, podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk. And if you want to discuss anything from the previous episodes or what we've talked about today or if you have any questions. And also find us on iTunes, rate us. That'd be, that'd be really great. So this is going to be our last podcast for this year. Yeah, so happy Christmas if you celebrate it. Enjoy your holidays if you have them. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you in 2016. Goodbye.